today on Bell and the Birdman, what to make of the Eagles at the trade deadline. Also, is Sirianni going to stay? And we love the Rams. It's all coming up from the Last Out Media Studios. But first, Taylor, hit the music! Everybody, we have got the cold, refreshing liquid death. I'm actually going tap and bubbles today, so I'm very excited because the trade line, or not the trade line, the trade deadline, however, has passed. Fletcher Cox is still here, apparently, after, as we said, it is Jeff McLean season, everybody. Uh, and uh, it sounds like the Eagles were aggressively trying to trade one Fletcher Cox. Um, Vince Quinn, how are you? How are you this afternoon, this evening, this morning? John, I'm miserable. Uh, <laughs> Marlon Mack is not an eagle, and is and apparently they were trying to keep keep him from you. Well, yeah, they didn't want to trade him because as soon what's going to happen is if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, he's going to be their workhorse back. Of course, and they're trying to invest in that, and yep. they don't want to move him. And so we'll, we'll just get him as a free agent. And okay, that's fine. We'll get right. him as a free agent. Dream's not dead. Next season, uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. is here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about him. And well, Vincent. actually, we won't even talk a little bit about him. He's from DBU. He's cheap. He's very athletic. He's very fast. He runs a 4.39, and his athleticism has been dominating him, turning into uh, like a, a technical corner. At least that's one of the knocks that was coming out of LSU. So there's that. But uh, Fletcher Cox did try, or they were trying to get uh, Fletcher Cox to Las Vegas, it seems like, uh, speaking of Jeff McLean and it being the season. But um, what, uh, so the after all this, the Eagles end up with the DB. And uh, Fletcher Cox is still here. What does the trade line or the trade de- I've done it twice now. What is the trade <laughs> deadline kind of told you, uh, Vince Quinn? Well, ah, uh, yeah, they're not turning <laughs> the page on Nick Sirianni as much as we thought, right? They're not turning, they're not turning the page on Nick Sirianni at all. And is the, is my first the, initial the, reaction? Probably not. And and I want to get into that a little bit later, but. Talking about it right now, yeah, because right now, what are we doing on Sunday? I'm in a lion costume. I'm rooting for the team to tank. <laughs> like, I, a lot of people wanted to see this team lose. A lot of people want to see Sirianni fired, all this different stuff. So you talk about selling. Andre Dillard, is he going to get moved? Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard is somebody we've talked about. Yeah. And, of course, Fletcher Cox. You talk about moving all of these different guys. None of them moved. And the only guy that actually got momentum was Cox, who's, you know, a top-of-the-line interior pass rusher. He's ridiculously valuable. So when that's the only guy that comes up, and it's not enough to get rid of him, this is not a tanking team. Well, and it's not as if that... It sounds as if Fletcher Cox's value wasn't that that big, and the restructure, people are suggesting that di- that did hurt trying to make this happen. But where I come to that is... You've heard us a billion times on this podcast since we started suggest like, hey, we're putting the dots together. They really do want to move Fletcher and Ertz. They only got Ertz done. And Fletcher Cox only seems like he would return right now with the contract restructure um, a third to a fifth, essentially, I think was what Ian Rappaport was saying over the weekend. So 
Um, maybe it's just based on that. Like you're not going to give Fletcher is not worth giving away for a three and a five because you're going to get that in, in compensation if he walks anyway. Um, I don't know if that holds up. If you cut him, pretty sure it, it doesn't. If but, you cut him, it doesn't. But to your point, Vince, like, yeah, that's that's what I keep coming back to is just they wanted to move on from a lot of people and they didn't get the value that that they the, the season, unfortunately, went to crap. So you can't really sell high on a, on a three win team and someone that is having troubles with the D.C. And, and on top of the 38 million, you've got to eat that prick's got to be pretty high. So I understand from the Eagles perspective why they didn't get a deal done and why they didn't move on. Um, but the whole like basically standing pat and doing the small things to move on, just like I don't understand. They're not having a fire sale. We kind of expected like, hey, you know, you can still have a, a small fire sale and probably have the same result for the rest of the year for these last nine games. So I'm a little surprised that they didn't do more. Well, it's they tried to. They tried to, but. It's frustrating. You wanted an answer one way or the other. We live in extremes. We're extreme people. Twitter makes us more extreme. And <laughs> so you always want something to break one way or the other. You wanted answers at the deadline. You know, are they going to add some young piece with multiple years on the deal? They did do that. Yep. Hopefully he's better than Zach McPherson because, my God, that guy. Well, he might be. I don't know what his future is, but right now. Right now his future sucks. He's not even getting on the field. You're publicly declaring to the world that he's unplayable. We're not a dime team. Zach sucks. So, like, (laughs) when that's Also, this dude only plays zone. So, okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so that's great. So, uh, looking for the answer there of, like, either a big youthful push and getting somebody for a long time or shedding off the older guys. They stay pat, and like this is typical Howie Roseman nonsense. He loves to hedge. Now he's sitting here and he's doing the same thing that we've been doing. Like, can they go on a run and win six or seven games? Should we just tank? Could this be bad enough that it does tank? He's just riding this whole thing out. He's sitting. He's waiting, and uh, it sucks. Yeah, and and there's just, I don't know if they're just thinking that they can get way more in the off season, I'm not much. I'm not, I just don't know how much more you can get from Fletcher Cox outside of like someone who's offering you a three and a five. How does that turn into a two when the contract becomes even harder to navigate? Uh, there's an obvious, if he's staying with the team next year, there's another restructure coming. Uh, and then you would po- think, and then he posted a video saying essentially it's, it's Philly for life. I'm I'm here like you know Hargrave was trying to subtweet and just get us all fired up at, yeah at one it, it, I don't know it seemed like this was close if you hear aggressively trying to trade and the Raiders just couldn't make it work on their end is is how I envision this and read this thing but um so that being said I don't I don't think Fletcher Cox moves from this team ever again I think he's just here and you write out this contract you cut him when you have to cut him maybe this situation comes up again and you. You just take the sixth and get the best play uh, that you can from them for the for, uh, the year and a half. Try and try and find a, a way to replace them. Maybe that was their intention with Milton Williams and Hargrave, and just kind of get them settled in for another year or two. They, the problem is you don't have anybody to back this guy up anyway. No, right now you don't. Is Milton Williams a starter in the NFL right Pro- now? Probably. A mate eventually. Maybe. Right now? Like, I, I don't know. I, I know it was like, oh, my God, he did great the Lions game. Who didn't? <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. I mean, everybody was great in the Lions game. So, yeah. I, well, not great, but whatever. Uh, the Lions are awful. So, <laughs> when you see a game happen like that, I'm not going to get overly excited about Milton Williams the same way I'm not overly excited about the win. So, right. that's or a pass rusher or Josh Sweat or, like, all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. So, so, then let's just say this. Let's get right into it, then. I, that, that if If that's true... 
and they're kind of just molding whatever they're going to end up here in the last nine games, Nick Sirianni is not going anywhere next year. And that's something that we have to kind of start wrapping our minds around. And here's my rationalization for that, Vince. You tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. You, we've already established you really can't fire this guy anyway because well, one and done after you fired your Super Bowl coach, you have to get rid of the GM at that point if you do it. Joe Banner has already said he's not going anywhere. So if he's not going anywhere, I don't think Nick Sirianni can go anywhere either. Just based off of that, I, it, it, the performance, could it would have to be, he would have to take the, the steering wheel and really just drive it off the side of the mountain. For him to get fired, I don't believe they would have to lose every single game from here on out till the end of the season. And five wins, six wins, four wins probably isn't enough to fire Nick Sirianni in the first year. Gannon's an obvious choice. It's an obvious PR move as well. I don't think that's new for anybody. But do you really think that Sirianni is going to be here next year? Because I'm pretty convinced he is. Well, yeah, and I don't want him to be. I don't want him to be at all, which is why I was rooting for the tank. You know, it's it's get the draft pick. Sure, and the Lions winning over the Eagles would have been great for tanking. But also, yeah. it's the idea of, yeah, I want a new coaching staff in here. And if it leads to a new GM as well, I'm good with all of that. I want all of that. But the truth of the matter is, you look at these games, right? Uh, immediately after the game on Sunday, we were talking about the next couple of games coming up. You got the Chargers, the Saints, the Broncos, in some order of those three. It looks a lot different today than it does on Sunday. Yeah. Jameis torn ACL. Broncos are going. They got rid of Von Miller. So that's a bad message to that team. They're not trying to win this year. They're giving up this year. So, okay, well, now these games are a lot more winnable. Chargers are a beatable team. They're a good team. They're a fun team, but they're a beatable team. So Saints, same thing. Broncos, same thing. Then you're getting into Washington twice, the Giants twice, the Jets. Like, there's so many games that it's going to be very hard to lose. Lions-like. Yes. I mean, like, there's so many really terrible teams and games that even if they split with the division, like, you're still going to end up with what? Like, six, seven wins? Yeah. It's a lot of games More than likely, I would say. And so if your odds are, I mean, it's really almost impossible to lose out the rest of the way. It's going to be really hard to. They could have done it if they made, you know, if they were overly aggressive and had the fire still and everything. But you're you're in purgatory still kind of. Yeah, yeah, this isn't Aaron Rodgers. And if he gets hurt, you have Brett Hundley for the year. This is Jalen Hurts gets injured and you have Gardner Minshew for the year. Like, what's the what's the difference on some level. So, yeah, there's no, like, ultimate tanking scenario, single linchpin, any of that kind of stuff. Sirianni's going to stay, which, again, I don't want right now. And by the end of the season, I'm going to feel like he hasn't earned it. But he's just got seven wins and Howie Roseman and all that stuff. I wonder, is there any way, because there's so many people, especially on the text line, 215-509-5833, if I'm, if you think I'm singling you out, I'm I'm not. It's been a lot of people saying, you know, I'm just checking out. I don't know what to root for. Like, I, I'm trying to find out what the most exciting thing is. Here's the one thing I've got right now. Is uh, Matt Maritea wrote this in the newsletter. Yeah. The receivers. Does anybody figure something out? Devontae Smith's been good. Not amazing. Not not spectacular. Good. Quez Watkins, I have no idea. He's still Hank Basket, And... Uh, <laughs> And Jalen Rager's a jet sweep guy. Yeah. Like, does anything? Yeah. And and he's injured now. So like, does anything come from that? Is anything usable there? Clearly, they don't believe in Gainwell as a runner. So I don't. I don't have anything to look for there. Jordan Howard should not excite you. Uh, <laughs> so like, I I don't know 
what it is. Like, I don't know what that thing is that I'm going to be hanging on to and looking forward to right now. I just feel stuck. Well, yeah. Like, it's just a... Um, I They're going to have to... Re- I, like, what do you think? S- s- seven out of nine? For people to go, okay. But but really, the reality is between whether you figure something out with the wide receivers, like, like Vince is saying, or... Uh, or w- whatever it ends up being for the rest of the season, I, 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 I unfortunately feel as though the Eagles are in the same place they were with Carson Wentz for the last two years where, like, all the stuff we were talking about, the last six games of Sam Bradford, the last four or five games with, with Carson Wentz are really impressive. Oh, he led him to the playoffs and unfortunately got a concussion. I mean, we're, we are going to start lining up those same discussions in three or four weeks of, Yes, the Eagles are in the in the wild card hunt, in the playoff hunt, but do you want them to be and does that get there? And if they if they somehow because the rest of the the, the bottom of every NFC and AFC is just not great at all. It is not great at all like no. you're saying. Yeah, so I actually pulled up the NFC playoff picture right now. Yeah. It is disgusting. Okay? It's disgusting. Top teams Great, right? Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, yuck. Uh, Buccaneers, yuck. But but they're good. Uh, Rams, Saints are six. Yep. So they just lost their starting quarterback. You know who seven is right now in the playoff race? The last team that gets in in the wild card? It's the Panthers <laughs> at four and four. The Panthers are a playoff team today, so, which is ridiculous. Also, right outside of that, uh, the Vikings are three and four. They suck. The Niners are three and four. They yeah, suck. They just, the Vikings just lost to Cooper Rush. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it's it's inevitable that they are going to be talking about the wild card run. So that's why buckle up because that's a, even if you don't believe in like ah uh, John he's, he they're going to fire a head coach if they don't believe it's going to be investable for the future or whatever it is, but. Um, I, I I think everyone's gonna fall back in love with with Nick Sirianni. Oh as God! A okay, I, yes, Quinn. I just had a moment, John. Um, I think what this is lining up to do is correct the mistake, which is, I mean, one, it's Sirianni, but they're not gonna do that. <laughs> Two, here here's the other thing you can do though. They went all young on the staff, right? Right. So, is there a chance that this year they scapegoat Jonathan Gannon? They get through the season, they fire Gannon, and then what they do is they hire a veteran. Defensive coordinator, like a like they literally just did with uh, with Dallas. So you go hire Dan Quinn to manage that side. You have an adult that's head coaching, and then you have the genius that's calling plays. Essentially, exactly. Going back to uh, Sean McVay and Wade Phillips, you know, it's it's that kind of thing, like they did with the Rams, or yeah. even Wade Phillips as he was getting Jason Garrett ready to take over the job to some degree. But do they get a guy like that? Say Vic, uh, Vic Fangio gets fired, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Broncos aren't that good. They've got a solid roster. They're just not that good. And uh, they're selling Von Miller. So doesn't look good for Vic Fangio. Well, and especially for a guy like Vic Fangio, who runs a completely different defense, you're probably moving on from Fletcher Cox. You can go back to a 3-4 if you want to, if you want to shape it around that. Maybe that's what they feel is their best interest in the roster. That's maybe why they haven't like invested in linebackers or really that high in defensive line yet because they're just waiting for whoever gets in there and t- just to come in. Yeah. Well, if it goes that Jonathan way. Gannon and be like, yeah, just say you don't have a scheme. And I could absolutely see that. Right. It just makes a lot of sense. You go, oh, no, no, no. We understand the roster was bad and there were mistakes and it's a young, growing team. 
But Jonathan Gannon, let me tell you, Jonathan Gannon's a bad man. He's ruined everything, and we'll never speak of him anymore. So here's this older guy that we really like. And yeah. like everybody's going to be like, yes, an older, respected, defensive guy, which is going to make Philly people just so excited, isn't oh, crazy. it? crazy. That's the most like, stereotypical. Now it's going to happen. Now that, yeah, you officially get that top 10 defense it, that everybody's been clamoring for for this year, and the offense still sucks ass. Yeah, like they, they get Rex Ryan to come out of the booth. And it's Rex Ryan fulfilling the Buddy Ryan legacy as the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. Oh, that would be hysterical. But like that, that is the one avenue that I could see very easily happening with all of this. And it it gives the excuse because, oh, well, we won a couple of games down the stretch in a softer schedule. And God, you're in the playoff race. I mean, this team, as bad as it is, is essentially one win away from a wild card spot right now. (laughs) One. One. Have yeah. you heard anybody mention that? Because they I haven't seen to. that. They, you don't want to. No, it's disgusting. No one wants to because we're stuck in this everlasting cycle of, eh. yes. You can call it mediocre. You can call it meh. There's a lot of different ways to describe it. But if you are coming to the plate again with like a seven and nine, nine and seven football team, and you can't tell which way is up or down. I don't know if this I could I will never be able to determine if this offense is progressing or regressing ever because of that same of the same stuff that we're talking about right now. I don't know if this is a is this a running team now? I guess it's the most effective thing that they can do. And I'm sure that that's 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 going to continue on for the next two or three days. Well, if they just do what they did against the Lions, it's not going to happen. It never does. It never, never what they did against the Lions should ever happen again. Yeah. It's It's just (laughs) like you knew you could kick the shit out of them and you did and your wide receivers aren't that good. And the same thing with the, yeah, we kind of discussed that on a postgame show a little bit there too, but you can, you can make this offense score 24 points and I will still have no idea what you run. I still don't know what Nick Sirianni does, and it's just kind of like maybe they want it that way. Their best element was Jalen Hurts running on broken plays. Well, and Jalen Hurts is too. Get some credit for that as well. But yes, yeah, but like that was the best running element they had. It's not like Jordan Howard really powered them through drives. He got you like four yards here and there, and they handed him the ball on the goal line. (laughs) Yeah, like the offense, and that's the thing. Going into the season, this was exactly what it was supposed to look like, right? It's like Hurts doesn't pass all that much. He develops a little bit. You use the speed to help him out. There's Rager doing the jet stuff. You use the offensive line, which is built to run the ball. They are big, nasty guys like Dickerson. It was, oh, well, they, we drafted this big, nasty guy out of Alabama. And it's like, I right, will use him for that, for the love of God, because he's getting his ass kicked in pass defense from time to time. Yeah. So lean into that a little bit. And now you see it working. You go, yeah, I have no idea if they're going to do this next week. It is Jordan Howard. He's a practice squad guy. Are they going to elevate him to the 53-man roster? He doesn't play special teams, so you're not going to use him there. So who do you cut? Are you going to have four running backs? Do you get rid of Boston Scott? He's playing well. They like him more of a runner than uh, they like Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know what anything is. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. They might have another game next week where they never run motion again. And we go, yep, yeah, okay, not. we're back. Yeah, remember that Jet Street stuff that was fun? Yeah, that's out. Yeah, like it's a, like do that with Quez this week. Yeah. Why isn't that in the playbook already with Quez? Like he's Yeah, where was that seven? That's not hard to implement at all. So that's that, No, run that. run the straight line, Quez. Here's the ball. Go, Quez. It's, I I still haven't gotten off your your 
full on Ted Lasso theory because it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that like, hey, we can't come out and outright tank, but I don't want you to go much farther and Jalen's your guy and just keep him into what he knows and don't expand on, on that at all. Uh, it might be, but uh, it clearly, clearly it isn't because they're trying to they're trying to stay competitive. They're trying to do all those things, but maybe. <laughs> well, that's, that's the kind of like it's this it's this it's this big big back and forth. Okay, yeah, because here here's the other thing I thought about with that whole theory that they actually hired Sirianni to lose games intentionally because they just knew he'd be that bad. Um, one, they're very upset about the Lions game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're very upset. Like we thought we had this in the bag, like forty four to six. But the other thing is when you're looking at the way this is all laid out with Sirianni. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Wait, where was I going with this? We, wait, uh, wait, wait. Okay, we're waiting. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, here's the thing. You can't publicly admit to the world that you were tanking like this. Because as bad as it looks to fire Sirianni as a one-and-done guy after firing Peterson as a Super Bowl-winning coach a couple years later, to hire somebody, the act of hiring somebody with the intent that you want them to lose games is so catastrophic and poisonous that nobody of any significance would ever work for Lori again. It's a death sentence. You can do it. It's a bold move, but who wants that job? Like it is it's outwardly disrespectful to anybody in professional football to be hired to directly lose and to work yeah. with anybody that's hired to directly lose. So you can do it. You have to be the sneakiest people in the world about it if you're going to do it though. Yeah, and the more and more this this continues on. This is why I just kind of like I'm ready. I we, see we went from tinfoil to theory to actually like are they practicing this? And I think that's what the deadline has at least told me is that he isn't Ted Lasso. They do believe in him in some regard, whether that's just Jeffrey and Howie and they're sticking with it because we they know something that we don't. But otherwise, they think the coach is good. He's going to be here for another year, and if they had a fire sale with the right value, they would have done it, but they still want to compete to make a playoff spot. That's what it tells me. Well, there's, it's so crazy. <laughs> I, I, I keep looking at the phone in disbelief that they actually are that close to getting a playoff spot. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we it, it's a joke. That's what I mean. It's a joke that we have to do this again for the third year in a row where we're pretending like they're in the playoff hunt. And they will be. They will be because they're going to beat up against mediocre bad teams. And they'll lose to some of them, too. But yeah, they're going to be close to 500. I mean, again, like for for the Falcons to right now be in front of the Eagles because they're three and four. They had a bye. So (laughs) the Falcons are three and four. Like the Falcons suck. The Eagles beat the crap out of them. So you know where that is. They almost beat the 49ers. Taylor, is is the worst thing for the Eagles to do to make the playoffs? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> like I'm just trying like seven wins that's okay. All all of it's actually okay, but I'm just saying in terms of what that actually means, Nick Sirianni being here that would almost lock it in. It will lock it in that yes. it'll be for another year. That buys him. That, absolutely. Absolutely it does. If he's in the playoffs, if you can make the playoffs from this Grek Grek, I think that's an easy PR spin. I don't think he can do that because they're going to get crushed. Like whoever it is, they're going to oh, get crushed. Course. Absolutely they are. 
Yeah, Absolutely. who's, who's so, the two so, seed right now? They'd be playing the Cardinals if they made it in as a seven. The Cardinals I'd, are two. I'd go up against a rookie who's never been in the playoffs before because their records are like zero and fourteen or one and fourteen. It's like Patrick Mahomes is the only guy I think to break through on his rookie, but very rarely do rookie quarter or quarterbacks that have never been to the playoffs yeah, first before. Appearance. I'm sorry, first yeah. appearance. And by the way, Mahomes is a fraud. Let's just uh, let's just drop that. <laughs> I think Mahomes is bored. By the way, Mahomes is bored. I actually I have a lot of thoughts on Mahomes. I don't know if this is really the time for it, but well, I have, well, I have we'll a lot get, of thoughts actually, on Mahomes. Actually, there's plenty of thoughts to get in Mahomes because there is there is something after the deadline that we have learned too with the Rams and building teams, which we want to get into. But we want to make sure that you know that this podcast is powered by one of the best brands in the world, and that is Liquid Death mountain water you might be seeing it on our youtube page but let me tell you folks i'm gonna crap not crap i'm going to <laughs> i'm gonna crap myself with telling you how good these are but i'm going to crack this bubbly liquid death uh can which they i don't know if you we've said this before but they do make a sparkling version of this so if flat in a can does not sound good to you sparkling in a can is probably the most popular at the studio it's the hardest that we have oh, to yeah. keep it and and uh, just just you can almost hear the bubbles can you hear it I thought it would be a good idea to open my mouth. I'm going to try that again. Ready? Just decided to take a bath. It is just water. It is just water. Mm. But the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles are just, they like sing in your, they sing in your mouth. I'm a big bubbles guy. And like when you're buying store brand seltzer compared to like the higher end stuff, I would say that this is immense higher stuff. You're talking like you're in the French section of bubbly in terms of holding and carbonation and all that. I, I absolutely love it. I love the fact that I can take this around and people think I'm drinking alcohol or an energy drink or I'm just having fun at a party or a bar or whatever. No one thinks twice when I'm having a can of water. And more importantly, uh, you've heard me say this a bunch of times. Vince feels the same way, too. When you buy a plastic bottle, you might as well just set a fire to a tree or something because <laughs> you're ruining the environment. Like, choose tap if you're going to choose a plastic bottle. Honestly, I would recommend you doing that. But if you're on the go, just like all of us are, I keep this in my fridge. I keep this uh, pretty much everywhere. We keep this in the studio like mad uh, because on the go, it's the most refreshing, wonderful tasting, freakiest water receptacle in on the earth. Like it, it, it doesn't feel uh, like you're just you're just throwing your money towards to ruin the planet. It, it makes you feel great. It tastes great. And more importantly, it is very, very cool in a 16.9-ounce can to just be drinking water. Yeah, a lot of soda companies <laughs> are like, hey, you know all those plastic bottles that are everywhere yeah. and they're like in the ocean and killing fish and stuff? Yeah, that's us. That's No, no. Well, yeah, they're like, it's your fault, consumer. It's yeah. your fault. How drinking so much. How dare you drink all this soda that we're begging you to drink? So, yeah, for Liquid Death to be like, yeah, it's in a can. We want to recycle it. We care about the environment, all that kind of stuff. And also for the parties. I mean, I was at a Halloween party. I was driving. I drove like an hour to get to this party. So I was... Yeah. I wasn't staying there. So, you know what I brought? Liquid death. I, I was having liquid deaths at the party, cracking them open. The people that really noticed it were like, ooh, what's that? And, like, it was this whole conversation. And I was like, yeah, I got a sponsored podcast. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> and then, actually, that didn't happen. But uh, I wish. And then uh, for the other people, it was just like, oh, Vince is having a drink at the party. And you know what I mean? It wasn't like, exactly. oh, what are you drinking? Oh, you're driving? Oh, that sucks. You have to drive. Yeah, I have to drive. Yeah. Okay? You have to drive uh, responsibly. Oh, boo. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid. So yeah, protect. Uh, my, my lovely uh, girlfriend Dana from any harm here. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I totally love that element of it and drinking it has been amazing. 
Yeah, and it is uh, the greatest guys on earth. Um, Mike and all the guys have, uh, have supported the pod, and basically by buying Liquid Death, you're supporting us too. Liquiddeath.com slash bell, or just click on the link in the description or in a link tree there. Uh, gets you free shipping, and I uh, can't thank them enough for uh, sponsoring the pod. I also can't thank the Rams for giving us lovely conversations Ugh. on trade deadlines and team building, and uh, they're going all in again. As uh, we mentioned, Von Miller, I, I would assume Howie Roseman thought Von Miller and uh, Fletcher Cox were like the same value and like, yeah, we can get a two and a three in there, Raiders, and shove it on in there. Um, but uh, they are, I, I, here's what I feel. If you have Sean McVay, you can do anything you want. I mean, they're ripping up team building in general, and I don't, I don't think the traditional way in which we all think, in which we want this Eagles team to feel like that again and have exciting moves like Jay Ajayi on a Super Bowl run or whatever it is, I don't think you have to do anything, anything traditional in terms of building a team anymore. I think it tells us everything we need to know that coaches and GMs are so bad for players, or most co- most GMs are bad for players, and most coaches are bad for quarterbacks. It's it's just something that like they have they took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. Knew that it wasn't good and just traded for a guy who hasn't, whose team hasn't been in the playoffs since 1991 and go, nope, the franchise is the problem. And no one's really done that. No. That it, I can remember. It doesn't really happen like that often. Uh, and, it, and the fact that it works on a high level, too. So the, what the Rams tell me ta- has taught me is this. Dynasties are so done and three-year windows are the thing. With the rookie, with the rookie quarterback, you have it or you don't, or you're ditching and going to pay for somebody that can do it. That's really it. Yeah, because you're not going to double down. They didn't double down on Jared Goff. the 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 whole entire NFC West, outside of like you draft Russell Wilson, it's a different, it's a whole different ball game. But the Cardinals are in the spot because they got rid of Josh Rosen immediately and said, "No, no, thank you. I don't want to spend your four. So I don't think the Rams have taught me the the. The dynasties are over, and the Eagles and the entire fan base need to stop thinking that way. Yeah, the, the Rams make you reevaluate everything, and it's great. It's great to sit back once in a while because you, you always think like, oh, you need the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. For a while, the Rams didn't need the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> Quarterback was fine. He was okay. Well, whatever. But what did they invest in at the time? They went after uh, Marcus Peters at one point. Then they got rid of him. Aqib Tlaib came in. Then they got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, like they were, they were making all these aggressive moves around Jared Goff to build a great team that a okay quarterback, a mediocre quarterback, could go and nearly win the Super Bowl with. So yeah, they went aggressive with it. And then what happens? Okay, well, Goff doesn't quite get them there. He looks terrible in the Super Bowl. Todd Gurley gets injured. They reset for a year. And then they start doubling down again. They make all these moves again. And so for them to sit there and go, all right, let's get Goff out of here. Let's go get Von Miller. The Rams now feel like the 2013 Broncos. You know, it's like Peyton Manning just gets over there. Uh, Wes Welker joined that team. Then you had Demarcus Ware that came over from uh, from Dallas and oh, went yeah. to the Broncos. Oh, it's a reverse this time. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. now you get a Bronco that goes over to the Rams, so there's a cool little fun connection there. Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon on it, <laughs> if you will. And to see that all come together, you go like, wow, yeah. I mean, they've like my first thought was, how were they able to do that 
like twice. Right. You know what I mean? To go in the way that they have twice, to give up all those picks. They have maybe four picks in next year's draft. So usually you would go, well, you can't do that because of the drafts and building your future and all that stuff. To like, who gives a shit about the future? Yeah. This is right. now, man. Like, we're trying to win now. I respect that about the Rams so much because they're going to crash hard eventually. There's no doubt about it. But to go all in when you got the quarterback, he is healthy. Aaron Donald's healthy. Like, this is what you do. Jalen Ramsey's healthy. Go for it. Yeah, go yeah. Go for yeah. it. Who cares about picks? Give me now. You want to win. Win now. Go do it. And, and the Rams are trying. <laughs> yeah, and they and I love it. Like, what else, what else are you supposed to do? By the way, like there's you've already kind of gone down this path. The moment you trade for Stafford, yeah, what what other window are you playing for? And that's what yeah. I mean. Like, oh, you have to make sure you're not No, you're right you're right on the edge of being the NFC representative. And honestly, I think they're built to beat the Bucks. I think they are. You know, I think they can. I don't know if they will, but I have either it's it's them or the Packers facing them in the NFC championship game. So uh to me, the other thing that is accelerating what the Rams are doing, which I don't believe anybody's thinking either, is that little lawsuit thing that's happening. And I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to this, but the city of St. Louis has been suing the shit out of the Rams for the last three and a, well, since they've gone to L.A. Yep. And the Seth Wickersham article from a week ago explaining what everyone was thinking in an owner's <laughs> Crazy article. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, hey, guys. If you didn't read it, the, the 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 summarization is going like less than everyone else with the Rams is fucked. I don't think there's any way of of there's so much wrongdoing on lifting the team to get to St. Louis to L.A. Uh, that's why all freaking three teams are basically. I mean, I, I consider the the Raiders still there because they're a part of this whole deal. Yeah, but uh, uh, like they're doing this and accelerating all this because they're going to get sued and they need Super Bowl gear badly to sell so they can have this all go away and look behind them. The NFL wanted 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 LA to have a Super Bowl team. They wanted the vibe to be there. They put the Super Bowl there. They have now like made the Rams the darlings of this. And the Rams have done that on their own, but I'm just saying they need to accelerate this because what's behind them is pro once Stafford is gone and all these things are gone, Guess what? Just like the St. Louis Rams did with Kurt Warner, you've got a 10-year drought coming of nothing. <laughs> All right, so... Nothing. And so that's the other part that is clearly pushing this forward as well. All right, uh, for the <laughs> second time this year, John, I'm going to put on a tinfoil hat. Uh-oh. You don't think... Oh, you're, you're going to go with the NFL's putting this on, aren't you? The NFL wants the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. Uh, I think they do too. Excuse my burp. See, that's what the bubbles do. There you go. But uh, that's uh, the the NFL is going to want the Rams to win the Super Bowl because of all the money. Yeah, I mean they're talking about billions, and they did just invest to build that stadium. So you need people to care about football. Uh, by by consequence of people becoming Rams fans, you know what's going to happen? The same thing that happened with Cowboys fans that uh -huh. showed up in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, you're a Rams fan? Well. I'm a Chargers fan now. Go Chargers, baby. No, the Rams suck. I'm not going to that parade for that crappy team. Go Chargers. You know what I mean? Like right. you're gonna you're gonna build especially the Rams base, but a little bit of the Chargers base as well by getting a Super Bowl in LA. You do get some of that money back. You do try to whitewash the news a little bit by covering it with Super Bowl coverage. So all that <laughs> stuff, totally agree. So I, I love the theory, and now I obviously have created a tinfoil Let's hat. Let's go double tinfoil hat. Oh, yes. 
Okay. Well, there's a reason why the Rams advanced in the first place against the Saints in the NFC Championship game when uh, Roby Nickel Coleman is literally tackling a Saints wide receiver and they don't throw a flag. They already tried to do it. What's to stop him again? Ooh. They tried to get the Rams, and they did. They successfully got Sean McVay, the Rams, and Jared Goff into that Super Bowl. Otherwise, Jared Goff doesn't make a Super Bowl. (laughs) And neither does L.A., and neither does the market. So I'm with Vince Quinn. I think this is there. Everybody thinks that you get to this point, you're like, oh, that's just fucking crazy. There's 32 owners in the room talking about it. Don't tell me that they don't have the power to at least influence where the Super Bowl ends up. Billions of dollars. (laughs) The sports played on the field, but we all need need some weird things happen. Seattle and Pittsburgh Super Bowl from a couple of years ago where Seattle was getting jobs left and right because it's better if if the Steelers win a Super Bowl and bring that market up as opposed to the other way around and Matt Hasselbeck's whatever. And if that's what I don't know, we could go in a million different directions. Well, yeah, we, we certainly can. And let's go back to the Rams and like the team building and going into Von, getting Von Miller and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I, I don't know if there's much I want to say much more I, about I, it. But I got one other. Point. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we hold draft picks sacred. And we get really obsessed in the value of a draft pick. And I love that the Rams look at it and they go, no, who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Because what is a second-round pick? Well, it's a chance that the 55th best player that you (laughs) estimate out of all these college kids could become something. And we sit here all the time. We talk about all these draft picks that miss. And, And you can say Howie Roseman and he sucks and all that, but look at every team around the league. They all whiff. They yeah. whiff all the time. Not everybody's nailing seven picks in a draft. It doesn't exist, you know? So when you see it constantly failing all over the place, lottery tickets all over the place, to have those moments where you go, yeah, let's throw a whole draft away. Let's get a quarterback that right now is one of the top three quarterbacks fantasy-wise, so yards, touchdowns, lack of interceptions, all that. He's the third fantasy quarterback. You got that guy. You just got Von Miller. That guy's a Hall of Famer. You just brought Von Miller onto your team. Who cares about draft picks? Like they just it, it, there's times where you value it and you nurture it and you believe in it and there's other times where you really shouldn't care that much. I don't think you should care that much at all. There's compensation picks to back you up in case you fuck up. There's like it just doesn't and the, the percentages those draft picks don't end up coming out most of the time. They no. don't they you don't hit on most of these things. So First and second rounders, yes, you're paying them a premium. You want them to be great athletes. You want that cheap four-year contract to last for a long time. Those are still valuable. But everything else, I don't know. And I'm still willing to give up the draft pick for the Hall of Fame player, the confirmed player, the veteran player that I know can go and do things versus. And for this team, for the Eagles themselves, shouldn't Howie Roseman be doing that left and fucking right? This team can't develop shit. None. Nothing. No. Not a Van Jefferson, not a Daryl Henderson, not a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, not even a Miles Sanders, which, by the way, shout out to Rube for the stat. Every every running back that they have had, equal amount of touchdowns, and Miles Sanders has three times the amount of attempts in, in trying to achieve all those things. So that's what I mean. There's every player that is top-end drafted has been in the muck of this 20, 25, 15 it hasn't been in the top end. So unless you're unless you're in the top 12, what are you really talking about and shaking on, on either first or second round? I'm with you, Vince. I would sell 
as much as possible for 25 and 26-year-olds that have a better base than a 22-year-old. Yeah, it, it's just an easier, smarter thing to do, right? Like, because you, you think about, oh, well, Vince, it's such a value if you get this guy on a first-round deal. And, and it is. Yeah, it, it is. Well, it can be for certain guys, but it's less value than others, right? I mean, look at Andre Dillard right now. That was a flop. You're going to pay him, what, $11 million next year? Nah, that's a, do that. That's a catastrophe. <laughs> He's on the books for that, and then oh, it's I the fifth-year option. So They'll well, decline. Well, whatever yeah, they're yeah. going to eat. Yeah, so they'll decline that. But as of now, he's on the books for like $11 million. Mm-hmm. So that's a massive failure. The, the guys that are the big value of all of that are first-round quarterbacks. That That's it. In, in terms of what Pass you're actually worth. corners, uh, they're up there too. I, big I, time. Wide receivers. How many even. guys that come out early? There's a few guys here and there that come out early and are like stars right away. But usually you're like pretty good for two or three years, and then you're like the Absolutely. man. Absolutely, then you hit your stride. So you're only getting value for like a year, and then you're paying him anyway. So when you can just go and invest that in a guy that you've seen that is a proven veteran, you know, like Russell Wilson, and uh, you can bring them on the team, well, then you, you go and do that. Like, that's why the Dolphins were interested up into the deadline, the edge of the deadline of getting Deshaun Watson. That's why the Eagles have been interested in Deshaun Watson. That's why they should be interested in Aaron Rodgers. That's why they should go and get Russell Wilson. Like, you, unless you've got a guy in the draft that you believe in that's a quarterback, that's a sure thing, that's going to be your guy, Otherwise, you go and take that risk and get the proven player and the All-Pro and the Hall of Famer and all that stuff. Like, go make that move and the Rams tell you. Well, that's one of the theories that you had said before. I think that's in make the team, not the quarterback. Don't do it the other way around. Yep. Don't build around the quarterback, build the team, then put the quarterback in there. 100%. For this day and age, it's probably the best way to go. The Rams had the foundation first, so they, they were picking players left and right. You still have to have that. But once you have that, like the Eagles have had that foundation for a very long time. They just never, <laughs> they never, they never export as much as they imported as well. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, like when you're the who is the wide receiver that keeps going all over the place? Uh, Brandon uh, got Brandon got, Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been all over the place, and I don't, I don't understand why a wide receiver and a quarterback aren't viewed the same in terms of drag and drop. There isn't much terminology that can be, especially now that you have spread and you have all this other different stuff. Most quarterbacks can't read defenses anyway. Just let somebody else develop them and then correct their bad habits and then go. Like I, I think it's I think it's better outside of the quarterback to just pick players for what the the the, the draft pick itself. Go go get what your team needs two through seven. Go ahead, whatever yeah. it is. And Sign a contract, three year deals. The teams are be, uh, built in three-year windows, and no what? No coach is is going to tell you that they love developing players. It's just not true. No, unless you <laughs> you find that guy and he's the perfect fit for your system. Because yes. God, they they romanticize oh, and spe- about the perfect fit oh, yes. system. Speaking of perfect fits for the system, we're really excited for this weekend. We'll get into some Chargers stuff on Thursday as well as Ian Torlino. Sorry if I I don't know if I said that. I don't know if you said your last name wrong, uh, Ian, after nailing it. Tolino, I think, is what you said before. And you, you converted from Tolino to Torino. Ah. Grand so, so Torino. Ian, Ian uh, is very excited. We're very pumped. I uh, am, uh, am choosing a place that's near and dear to my heart for our cheesesteak tour this Saturday. Ian is one of the people that got on board with one of our membership tiers, which are up right now also in the description of this podcast. And find any of the links on it. At Bell and the Bird across all social. Just click on the link in the bio. Store is down at the bottom, and you can go and have a cheesesteak tour with us on some random Saturday, which we are doing. So I'm taking Ian to Woodrow's. That's oh. on 6th and South. I, everyone that comes into town, I know it's new. I know it's a little probably bougie for a cheesesteak, but man, 
when you're talking about truffle whiz and you're talking about pepper mayo and all this other different wonderful stuff they put in it at first bite i promise you will love this cheesesteak shout out to them i'm taking them there vince where we take where are you taking in on the uh, cheesesteak uh, tour here john's roast pork a classic yep. a, a very much a classic so i'm ready for that on saturday ian's gonna keep his under wraps for now He's traveling out from what is it Wood Woodbury uh, PA Woodbury PA, which, which we thought three was hours away. like Woodbury, New Jersey. He's right. <laughs> he's like right there. And no, he nope. Is, he is hauling it out for the Chargers game. So uh, we're gonna have a ton of fun with him. We're gonna start in the city. Maybe we end up in the studio and just watching college football. But you can do the same thing. And maybe if a cheesesteak tour isn't your thing, there's a roast pork tier that you can do. Maybe you just want to play old school video games and order in. Maybe you just want to have a happy hour and hang out with me and Vince. Maybe you want Vince's bathwater, a pull from a memorabilia <laughs> basket. We love our members to set up whatever they want to do to help support the show and go that extra mile. If you're putting in the extra effort to become a member, we want you to create the tier. It's immortalized as yours forever. So Ian claimed the cheesesteak t- uh, trio, essentially. We're taking them to three different cheesesteak places. It's Ian's cheesesteak tour forever. Forever he gets, the, he gets that label. So that's what we think is cool. And it helps to support the show and the and the staff especially. Yeah, so. it's so much fun to, to meet people because like we're all Eagles fans. That's why yeah. you're listening to the show, right? So you're hanging out. We talk about the Eagles. We do something fun that you want to do. We just want to have a good time. Yeah, that's what all this is. So to be able to do something fun, meet people, and support the show and the writers that we've got, like that's the dream for me. I mean, honestly, this is this is as fun as it can be. So going on a cheesesteak tour and like. Going, yeah. yeah, that's what makes the newsletter go. It's cool as shit. It is It is awesome. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, we'll remind you of that again on Thursday, and we'll probably have you in on the pod, too, obviously, because yeah, it's going to be fun. It's the, first to time we're, it's the first time we're doing this, so I'm, I'm very, very excited. Uh, 215-509-5833 is how you get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts. Maybe we're crazy about this Rams thing. Maybe you think Sirianni has an absolute chance of getting fired, and we're just overthinking the hell of us not that we do that here on this show uh but uh, we thank you very much for watching listening everywhere that uh, you can find us thank you again to our our good friend taylor for uh, being on the ones and twos vince quinn anything uh for us before we go see you in march marlin i'll see you in march buddy come on down this has been bell and the Birdman. it's all been right here on uh well where you're listening to us and where you're finding us we'll see you on thursday guys bye, bye.